Hello, everybody. It's Connor. Welcome to episode 278 of the Hoopercast. Tonight, we are talking about uh, The Queen's Gambit on Netflix, also Young Justice Outsiders on HBO Max, and a couple of film news stories as well. So uh, buckle on up. It's a good old episode. Hope you enjoy it. Howdy ho there, Hooper. Welcome to Sunnyside. Welcome to Sunnyside. Welcome. Welcome to episode 278 of the Hoopercast Movie Hour, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. Um, I don't know what day it is when uh, you're listening, but it's Monday for us. It is uh, today. It is today. Um, so uh, thanks, for, thanks for being here. Um, if you want to get in touch with us in other ways... Uh, well, just one other way. It's all of our offering. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Connor underscore Dempsey. And uh, I will be uh, posting stories, uh, dropping film news. Uh, supposed to be all week. So other stuff's been happening. But yeah, it's uh, been busy. That's what I like to do. But I'm not obligated yeah, yeah. to do it. Okay? Right. Stop pressuring me. Hey, Some, hey I don't need no pressure. Sometimes uh, I do it. Sometimes it's like I, I got to do other things. Okay? That- such is life. There are no Italian stereotypes on my feet, I'll tell you that. Uh, just here on the show. Um, <laughs> right, right. By we the reserve way, that for the audio form. <laughs> that's true. And if you, uh, if you, uh, if you um, uh, subscribe to our Patreon, you can hear that without advertisements that you'll nonetheless hear later if you're not there. So patreon.com slash Ubercast. I'll tell you all about that a little bit later. In the show, tonight we got a few things to... Uh, how are you, Dustin? I'm sorry. I'm so rude. No, I'm good. I'm good. Awesome. How, how are you? You okay. hanging in there? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm cool. I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> all right, cool. I really asked you so you would ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Your plan worked. How are you, Dustin? Well, uh, I'm I'm not doing too well. Uh, thanks for I'm, asking me. I'm terrible. Thanks for thanks for replying. <laughs> it's like that episode of The Office where Michael calls Jan and says, happy birthday. And then she's like, it's not my birthday. And he says, uh, oh, I thought we shared the same birthday. <laughs> Just, just so she would say, "Happy birthday, Michael!" Happy birthday, Michael! <laughs> um, are you still? Are you listening? Were you ever listening to Office Ladies on a regular basis? Yeah, I try to catch it every now and then. Man, I love that's that's a good podcast. Sorry, it is. It's, it's a really good podcast. I'm really enjoying it. Did you ever listen to the oral history of the Office, the one that Brian Baumgartner did? Yes, and I love that. That was really good. Yeah, that was fantastic. Apples and oranges. You know, yes. like one of them is like. One of them feels like an investigative news piece that took like yep. months to put together and present just nice and clean and yeah and digestible. And the other is kind of like our show where it's like weekly. Yep. You know, people chatting, cheap people chatting. Yeah. The, the, so the oral history of the office is awesome because it's, it's essentially a documentary, yeah. but, but just an audio form. Yep. And like, it would be so easy to just pull all of those clips and like make it a video form, but yeah. they, it's just audio form and it, and it works great. It's the only example I've ever listened to. Maybe there's more of like a true entertainment documentary, um, in podcast form. Yeah. I hope there's more of them, dude. I would listen to some, if they, if they did one of those on oh, yeah. Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, man. I'd be all Can you over imagine it. that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Madman. Would you just get Brian Baumgartner to do all of them? 
if, if he's the one who's going to devote, you know, the most attention to it, then, uh, sure. I mean, why not? You know, why not? Yeah. Oh God. See, that happens all the time. I chug water while you're talking. And then like my throat goes <laughs> throat monster, throat monster. <laughs> gross. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So speaking of, uh, gross, let's talk about, uh, fantastic beast three. <laughs> okay. Good segue. <laughs> So we talked last week a little bit about uh, about Johnny Depp and uh, stepping down, uh, being asked to resign by from asked by Warner Brothers to resign. Kind of get my grammar right. I'm such a grammar right. uh, uh, national socialist. About, <laughs> hey, you ever heard that one before? Huh? I've not. That's that a was, that's a good one. That was layered. I'm a that grammar Nazi, and I wanted to be correct about how I. Never there mind. Uh, Want to be fair to the Nazi label? <laughs> Just kidding. Mads Mikkelsen lined up to replace Johnny Depp in Fantastic Beast Three. Yeah. Not the right climate for Nazi jokes. Um, no, but it's fine. So Mel Brooks just, would just be proud keep of going. me. Just keep going. Just, just. <laughs> What's that? Just there? Power it's okay, through. Hooper. It's all right. Just. It's fine. Just, just next story. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, Mads Mikkelsen as uh, as uh, as Grindelwald. Um, Thank you, Dustin. It, is this is it, this uh, for sure? Last not, I heard, it was still in talks. It, it was still in talks, um, but for the sake of uh, for just for the sake of me saving face, this last couple minutes, I really hope it's permanent. Um, <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen, it, he it's rumored, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, but why would that be the rumor? Right. And this right. this is this is the Guardian. It's not like it's you know some other BS website, like the sun, like the, <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> Careful, Dustin, they'll sue you for, or you can't, you can't sue them for libel. I can sue them. I'll just lose. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so Mads Mikkelsen, if people don't know who that, just Google him and you'll be like, oh shit, it's that scary oh, yeah, man. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. My, uh, my quip with this story was I'm already, I'm infinitely more afraid of this character than I was when Johnny Depp was, was, uh, was portraying him. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, most notably of Hannibal, um, the series Hannibal. Of course, yeah. the first time mainstream audiences probably saw him was in Casino Royale. Yeah, it's the first Way time back I saw in him. 2006, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's the first time I was exposed to him. And then most recently, um, uh, Doctor Strange. He was uh, Caecilius. Caecilius. Yes. Yeah, such a cool name. It is. It's, it's a fun name to say. Caecilius. The the character, not so much. But I think the, the name Caecilius. is great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is great. And uh, recently, yeah. I uh, he's he was in he's in some Sundance film lately. Where it's like it's a comedy. I was like, a Mad. Really? I, I looked at the headline. I was like, a Mads Mikkelsen comedy. comedy. Hmm. Okay. Because he's not exactly a comforting or hilarious presence. Right. No. It's it, that. Yeah. That doesn't compute. Can you imagine if he had instead of James Spader, they'd had him be the the takeover for Michael Scott in the office? Right. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh man, that'd be creepy. Boss. I love paper. It's like, oh, oh my god. Oh, god. I'm so scared. <laughs> Who's he about to eat? Uh, would would that have been better or or worse than James Spader? Do you think? Because you're you're, uh, you're you're right there in the thick of those later seasons now, aren't you? Yeah, I just finished season eight. We're we're maybe halfway through nine now, um, and I think we're picking up steam only because we want to be done with it. Um, <laughs> you're sprinting. It's, 
I, nothing can be worse than James Spader in that. See, like th- that's that's yeah. the worst part of it. He's so good. He's a great but actor. He's just not right. He's so miscast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I understand maybe wanting that type of character for one episode, right? To kind of throw some people off. You get some cool dynamics out of it. But, but for, for a season, no, no need for that. I, I love hearing him talk, but he grinds every scene he's in to a halt. Yeah, he does. It's like, yeah. he shows up. It's like, oh, cool. I'm going to get to hear James Spader's talk. He's like, you know, Andy, I don't know if we actually want to sell the paper. Paper is sex and sex is paper. And you're just like, wait a second. Yeah. What What the hell are you talking about? I'm like, is this the same show that like, yeah. you know, has Kevin spilling chili? It's not. It, how, how was my James Spader, by the way? Was that okay? Yeah, that was that was good. It, was, it, was, it, it, was it reminded me of somebody else, uh, oh, I, but but it did remind me of James Spader as well. Who else did it remind um, you of? But now, but now I'm curious where the correlation is. I, I can't. I do it again. Do it again. Oh, it's it's. You're not sure yet. No, I'm not sure. It, it, I need to. Here, I'll read the Mads Mikkelsen story as James Spader. Hannibal okay. star Mads Mikkelsen is set to replace Johnny Depp as Gellert Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts Three. It has been reported. You you are you're doing Patrick Warburton Am just at a higher register. That's who it is. <laughs> According to Deadline, Bickle Citizen talks to join the cast of the third installment of J.K. Rowling. Now do Spader. Scripted fantasy series, which it's a little bit more sarcastic and bored. It, it, Patrick Warburton it, 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 you is stretch my, it out a little bit more. My but, but yeah. scripted fantasies. That see the nasal goes. Patrick Warburton, Crook. Yep. yep. You don't have, it, it's it's a really it's a really uh, small difference there. <laughs> I don't have that much range in that uh, that cadence. I suppose. <laughs> sure, sure. If I'd had like six whiskeys, I could probably gravel like the Ultron voice. But right oh. now. I'm yeah. super dried out. Right, um, right. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um, wh- wow, where are we? So, <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, I, 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 I would think if you're going to go that direction with the replacement for Michael Scott, you may as well just go like to a straight-up scary person and not just like a weird sex-crazed um, person, <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Because that's not what I think of when I look at Mads Mikkelsen. I just go, oh, you're, you're, you're like a demon. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. No, look. It, Which is why he's I, a great villain choice for this franchise. Yes, he is. He's a great villain choice. And and like you said, I'm way more interested in this film now, yeah. knowing where, that he where, might be the replacement. Where where where's your interest uh, going from? I'm, as I'm guessing, to zero from zero to what? What's your interest on one to ten now in this in this in this movie? Oh, it's it was a zero. Now it's like zero point zero one. So it's. It, I mean, I mean, if you look at the needle on the uh, on the gauge, like the needle, it's imperceptible. It has not moved, but uh, but it, it it's moved a little. If you put it under a microscope, there's a tiny Mads Mikkelsen holding it up, like I'm trying. <laughs> and yeah, man. I mean, again, he's it, crying he's, a little blood tear for you. <laughs> yes, he's he's creepy and weird, and right. I, I guess they'll stick with that weird choice of putting him in different colored contacts and dyeing his hair and all that crazy stuff, um, which doesn't make Johnny Depp look scary. It makes Johnny Depp look kooky, like he just walked out of a hot topic in in two thousand and four, <laughs> and so. Uh, maybe Mads Mikkelsen can pull it off and make it look creepy. I don't know. Yeah, whenever they mess with his eyes, he's like 10 times scarier. 
Oh yeah, totally. Make his lips a little bit blue. And it's like, oh yeah. God. Oh. They, oh, 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 get out of here. God. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. I'm, the thing I'm most curious about really honestly isn't, uh, the casting choice. It's how they're going to address it in the film. Because I feel like, I feel like, again, there's two options. They either address it or they don't. And, and if they don't, uh, missed opportunity. And if they do, man, don't call attention to it. <laughs> so it's like, it's a double-edged sword. You can't win for losing. But uh, but I'm interested to see which route they go. So this says here, this is from The Guardian again. Mickelson is reportedly director David Yates first. It was David Yates the director? Yeah, he's still directing them, man. Wow. He did the first Fantastic Beasts and he did this one. And the second one, and he's doing the third one. And the second one is maybe the worst directed film he's ever made in this <laughs> franchise. It's terrible. It was his uh, first choice for the role of Grindelwald, the dark wizard who was the chief antagonist of the second film. Uh, this also says Colin Farrell uh, was unable to be seriously considered due to commitments on the new Batman film in which he's playing the penguin, which of course that's been delayed filming. And so they right. need someone like right now. Yeah, exactly. So, um, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, that's fine. I mean, I, you can't really go back and, and make it Colin Farrell at this point anyway, story wise. Um, you know, not after that big reveal at the end of the first. So I don't know. We'll see. But but again, I'm not interested. They're going to have to pull out some crazy something to get me interested in this thing again. Um, eh. Yeah, uh, agreed. I mean, it's a great choice. Um, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, another follow-up from last week. Uh, we reviewed Minari on the last episode, so if you yes. wanted to uh, hear our thoughts on that, you should go back and listen. That's 277. That was last week's this being 278 and this being this week two three context right. clues for you right that, there that's how consecutive numbers that's, uh, work. that's how that's <laughs> it yep so this is on variety so you said at the time like i'm not sure where people can see this or when yeah uh this story on variety says there is a limited theatrical release with expansion to follow uh so let's see of course the first one is always like is the first paragraph just writer you know jibber jabber or is it actually story yeah. um variety has learned exclusively that the film will have a qualifying run in new york and los angeles on december 11th with a wider rollout beginning on february 12th which is the korean new year the film mm. will continue its expansion going into oscar nominations currently scheduled for march 15th 2021 so, okay. uh, so yeah, if you're in New York or LA, you can see the film before the end of the year, um, if it's safe for you to do so. And then wider yeah. release on February 12th. I'm not sure how wide it'll be. I'm sure it'll still be select cities, but wider, the, 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 yeah. the big ones, you know, yeah. like Columbus, I think is the, is the Ohio one. There's the big Midwest one, Chicago, Columbus, Chicago. Um, yeah. there's always like, there's like 20 cities where they always, when they talk about a limited release. Yeah. Um, God, I think even, um, God, what's the one in Minnesota? I can't remember. Um, They'll Winnipeg, do Atlanta. Winnipeg. They'll do yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. There's yeah Atlanta. So um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So yeah, again, just just to follow up, like you know, if you if you're catching up on these on these episodes, and you're like, oh damn it, sounds great. I don't know where I can see it. You can see it, um, uh, but if you live, you know, if if, if <laughs> I'll put it this way, if you middle if you, of nowhere, if Missouri, you, if you live somewhere where limited releases normally aren't, you're 
in the same you gotta boat. Wait. Yeah, you got to wait. Nothing has yeah. changed. Yeah. Um, speaking of things changing, trying mm. my best with these transitions here. Also, uh, well, this might be the first one. Yeah, it's the first one that I own IndieWire. I say also because I always pick IndieWire stories. I clearly, <laughs> clearly love IndieWire. Um, so, God, when did they film Rogue Nation? Was that in, was that came out in 2015, didn't it? Yes. Was that filmed in 2014? Huh. Yeah, presumably. Um, okay, so back then, one of the big... So, of course, with the Mission Impossible films, it's always like, oh, like there's always a story now during the filming, like, oh, here's the crazy stunt, or Tom Cruise broke yep. his ankle, or whatever. Right. Uh, which I think was Rogue Nation. Or was that Fallout? That was Rogue Nation. Yeah. So, um, one of the big things going into Rogue Nation was um, how... No, was it Fallout? I don't know. I don't remember. It's funnier if anyway. it's Fallout because he fell. Ah, that'd be funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's either Fallout or Broke Nation. Broke, I don't know. Broke Nation. <laughs> broke Nation. <laughs> <laughs> fall ow <laughs> all right uh so there was cast this, protocol there, i don't know that wasn't very good hm hm protocol um there's always some story um about the filming and so the one for rogue nation or one of them, i think it was rogue nation was like oh how much they can hold their breath right yeah um for the for that scene underwater for the underwater heist part um and it was crazy and i saw you know i think maybe you even saw the special features where like the actors learned to hold their breath for a really long time and tom cruise held it for like six minutes and you sit there yeah. and you just watch it You're like oh yeah. my god like he's yeah you know, it's they're, crazy they're holding his head it looks like they're drowning him you know right and then uh, Rebecca Ferguson did it as well um, mm-hmm. and got hers down pretty low also, which is, yeah. and I'm just sitting here like fascinated. So yeah. same. Of course, like there's Tom Cruise, alien superhuman doing stuff. And then there's a the right. story um, about Avatar 2, which is being filmed majority underwater. Kate mm-hmm. Winslet beats his record. Jeez. Did you, did you see this? No, what what what's the new record? The new re- so th- this is a f- actually this article is a follow up to the original article that posted that story. So this one is where she's reacting to it. She says she's very proud to have broken his record. Um, Tom Cruise held his breath underwater for six minutes while filming Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, but Winslet beat him by over a minute, holding Jeez. her breath for seven minutes and fourteen seconds while <sighs> filming an underwater scene for James Cameron's Avatar Two. That is she crazy. says, quote, it was brilliant and I was very proud of myself and I'll probably never be able to do it again. And that came at the <laughs> end of four weeks worth of quite intense training and it was in the dive tank and it was in the training tank, but I loved it. Um, yeah, so they've, wow. been, they've all they've all been training. Sigourney Weaver has, um, yeah. said they all sort of have been training with divers to maximize their breath underwater because it disrupts filming less. Um, yeah. The cast members wore weights around their waist during filming to keep them submerged. Um, Cameron filmed the majority of Avatar 2 in giant water tanks, and the longer the cast could hold their breath without returning to the surface for oxygen meant less interruptions in filming. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. And also, um, Weaver, Sigourney Weaver is no slouch either. The alien favorite managed to hold her breath for six minutes while filming Avatar 2. God. And these are That's like crazy. These, these are, you know, these are middle-aged to, you know, older, older aged women. And like, it's yeah. it, like, it's, it's, it's not like a couple of like Olympic divers, you yeah, know, yeah. or, 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 or swimmers or whatever, like, you know, Kayla right. Decky, like, like, you know, 20 something year old 
you know, yeah. super athletic young people. It's like these are these are actors. These are actors. Yeah. Who who trained and it's like that's yeah. it's it's a force of will thing. It's like that's crazy. Yeah. Right. Like that is insane. I don't know how old Sigourney. I don't even know how old she is. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. But the point is, like again, not like not like it's not like a youth thing. It's it's yeah, willpower. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's crazy. It is. I'm sure Tom hey, Cruise right now is is under like is in a pool like I'm fucking I'm gonna be <laughs> get that record I'm doing back. It right now. I'm gonna do it for nine minutes. <laughs> he's been under there since this story broke. He's he's still there. <laughs> he grew gills. Um, he listens to this show. Yeah, it's like well, he's that's what, what he's doing right now. Oh my god! Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> Hey, speaking of uh, of like interest being rock bottom, what's your interest in Avatar two? Um, more than it was a month ago. Okay, um, uh, it, it was kind of zero just because yeah. of recency bias. Like, oh, this was sure. a long time ago, and I don't care. Yeah, yeah. But um, I've learned that I am attracted to films where there is some sort of like leap forward somehow. Those sure. these stories do work for yeah. me. Like, yeah, yeah. um, uh, except for like, you know, the Lion King or anything that, you know, Disney's doing with the live action remakes because there's a, right. that's just made to push for John Favreau to play with the toys, but yeah, yeah. stuff like the Mandalorian where we've got the rear screen projection that's, that's gotten way better in the unreal engine. Okay. Like if yeah. I wasn't already interested in the show, that interests me. And then yeah, we've yeah. got everything that they're, that they do with like the mission impossible films that interests me in, um, uh, just stuff like that does sort of grab me and go, all right, well, there is a part of me that wants to like look at a movie. There's a bunch of reasons to see a movie. And um, and, and sometimes one of those reasons is uh, you're curious. You're curious about the, the process. Yeah. How it got filmed. And yeah, you just sure. you want to you just you do want to see the end result. And then yeah, yeah. you want to watch the features and break it all down. Like I want to study Avatar too. So part of yeah. studying it is watching the film. I'm not excited about the story or the characters or anything like that, but I'm yeah. excited to study it, I suppose. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, like, I'm I'm more interested in in this than in Fantastic Beasts, weirdly enough, because Fantastic Beasts has jumped the shark. I don't care. Avatar 2, I don't care about the first Avatar. Uh, really never cared for it at all. However, uh, ever since I heard that they were filming in these giant water tanks and stuff and they're doing these seven-minute hold-your-breath sessions, yeah. I'm like, what kind of acting are they doing underwater? I I, I really want to see what it is. So I'll echo your statements. I don't care about the story. I don't care where Jake Sully is going or where Worthington, Sam Worthington, what what his life is like now. I have no interest in that. <laughs> what I do have an interest in is I, I want to see what it's like when actors do things like this. So th- this kind of story works on me too. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm interested, but uh, I mean for me it is still pretty low. It's just not an opening weekend thing unless for some reason it comes out and everyone's like, oh my gosh, again. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, fine, but. You know, I ha- I will see it. Yeah. I just don't know when. You know, also something I hope they do in this film, I hope that they just told Sam Worthington, just just be Australian, please. Just be Australian. I know you're like a United States Marine, but like, look, you've been living with the Navi for a while. Maybe your accent changed. Like, there you go. Now you sound... Maybe he dies in the first act. And <laughs> Zoe Saldana is just the hero from now on. <laughs> they looked at the box office, like, draw of each other. Like, well, we got Gamora and we got you. All right, Sam Worthington. Yeah. What was that? Man on a ledge? 
Remember that thing? I never saw it. You did, right? I uh, saw it. That was dumb. I think you reviewed it. Uh, probably. Yeah. Gets, I don't remember anything about gets it. Get some use out of it. Somewhere, whoever has access to the archive can look for that review. I'm sure. It I always mix up Sam Worthington and Jai Courtney. <laughs> They're like in the same league to me. Um, but what, wasn't Sam Worthington also in that Terminator? It's like mixing uh, up Terminator Salvation? Poop and farts. <laughs> What's that smell? Is that poop or farts? Like, like in my house, it's like, did you fart or did one of the kids poop? Right. And it's like, I don't know, either way it's bad, right? Either like, way it's terrible. Either way it's not a good smell. Right, right. I'm so sorry, gentlemen. <laughs> Were you asking me something? I don't even remember. I'm so, sorry, I interrupted you. But, you know, yeah, sure. <laughs> About the farts. Sam Worthington, he's a fart. <laughs> That's the takeaway here. Kate Winslet? Impressive breath holder. Yes. Sam Worthington. Fart. Fart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, moving on to the last story. So farts. um, Speaking of farts, this guy whose articles I love reading, his name sounds like a fart. Zach Scharf. <laughs> Writer for IndieWire, a uh, frequent uh, frequent name on the show because I I like reading his articles. And sorry about your name, dude. Uh, so this article is about David Fincher, um, and it's not it's really not that much of a story. It's more the headline is Fincher feels strange about his lack of output, and reportedly joined this this Netflix um, to sign this contract with Netflix to mm-hmm. strengthen his body of work. Apparently, okay. it, he feels weird that he's been in the business for about 40 years and yeah. only has put out 10 films. Yeah. He says 10, he's directed 11. Um, yeah. he does not acknowledge alien three as I was gonna say, there's, there's your alien segue. That's there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. he doesn't, he's not happy with that one. And I was just like, man, has Fincher only directed that many? And I'm looking down his filmography. So we've got seven, did you see? You've yep. seen Seven, right? I have. Mm-hmm. We've got The Game. I've never seen that. I have not either. Uh, Fight Club. Okay. I have not seen Fight Club. Oh, that's I kn- right. I know, I know the twist. Is it worth it still? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, I like Fight Club. One day I'll get around to it. Yeah, I've read the book as well. And they, they say Fight Club is one of the one of those movies that that the people that most people agree is better than the book it's based on. Mm, interesting. And people love the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we got Panic Room. Okay. Um, then we've got Zodiac. Yeah, love Zodiac. Zodiac's fantastic. I think that might be my favorite of all of his. That's. Uh, I think that's my yeah. favorite. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. The Social Network. Yeah. Which I watched a couple weeks I, ago again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also love that movie. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo, mm-hmm. uh, well made, but you know, eh. I never saw that one. It, it's it's it's. If you're not interested at all in the story, don't bother. But it's well okay. made, okay. Um, because it's it's Fincher. Uh, then we got Gone Girl. Didn't care for that. I didn't. I never saw it. I didn't hear much great. I didn't. I didn't feel like there was an urgency. No. And no, uh, don't worry about it. Now we've got Mank. Yeah. Um, which I'll. I'm, I'm interested to check out. Yeah. But yeah, not a lot of movies. And just like, hey man, that's cool. Yeah. Like Tarantino's yeah. only made nine movies. Like yeah. they're they're great. But it, you know, Fincher's been in the game longer. 
Sure. Directed a film called The Game. Hey. Uh, at one point, he directed only seven films. Oh. oh. Um, um, so, God, I hate this signal thing. Um, the article's gone. I got it. Uh, so the article, he, he, article's gone, girl? Gone. <laughs> Noggle's <laughs> gone, girl. It's gone, girl. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think Zodiac's my favorite on that list. I mean, fight people. You know, people love Fight Club. People love Seven. Yeah. But man, I just think Zodiac is. I think Zodiac's perfect. I <laughs> love yeah, it. Zodiac's so fantastic, and 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 Social Network too. Yeah. Um, but but I, they're very different films, and I think Zodiac is the strongest film on that list. I feel like that I've seen. I feel like uh, Social Network is a lot more of Aaron Sorkin's voice than it is Fincher's voice. I agree. You know, um, whereas Zodiac is Fincher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All over. The the thing I think about with Social Network is Sorkin and Trent Reznor. Yeah. Those are, those are the things I think about. Yeah. And, and, and Jesse Eisenberg. Um, David yeah. Fincher would be like number four on that list. Yeah. That's true. Unfortunately. Um, okay. So, uh, anyways, he, he signed, uh, he signed a four year content deal with Netflix. Um, but it says it's a non-story. Such a deal has been in place for years. Fincher's beloved serial killer drama series, Mindhunter, um, animated anthology project, Love, Death and Robots and the upcoming new feature Mank are all the result of a content deal he signed with Netflix years ago after his drama series, House of Cars debuted. And uh, picked up or kicked off their original programming run. Um, yeah, so it's, I think it's just him, I guess, justifying. Like, I don't know what, if he gets asked about it a lot, but sure. just like, yeah, I, I, I haven't been doing much. And I swear, it sounds like he sort of like did it to like to, to compel himself into putting out more. Sure. It's like, that makes sense. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't really have a reaction to this other than like, I don't see why you got to put that kind of pressure on yourself. I mean, if, right. if you need to challenge yourself as an artist and you, you know, you want to sign a lucrative deal with a streaming service, yeah, yeah. I could twist my arm, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, might as well. Sure. Whatever, whatever helps you sleep at night. Um, right. Right. Uh, but none of us were going like, man, you know, who's not making enough films. David Fincher. David Fincher. And not in like a bad way. Like we don't need any more, but like, yeah, it's cool, dude. You don't have to flood yeah. the market with your, you do you. your movies. I yeah, mean, he's, do he's them as often direct, as you're passionate he's directed about directed pretty frequently. Like half those movies are in the past ten years. Oh yeah, totally. You're doing you're you're doing plenty. You're doing fine. It's all right. Yeah, not a big not a big deal. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Anyway, so let's with that. Why don't we head to break? Yeah, and we'll come back and we will talk about uh, a couple of shows. Yeah, that uh, maybe you should check out. Maybe so. Back after this on the Hoopercast Movie Hour. time for me to tell people about the patreon thing which of course if you want to listen to the show ad free you can follow us on well i guess it's what's the word is it subscribe on patreon you can support the show via patreon support, there you go and um there's the have, copy right now we got 
one tear. And like like Mad Nicholson, one single bloody tear. Um, <laughs> it's called... Um, it's well, it's called nothing. It's just called the one where you pay us three dollars a month, and if you do that, that's less than a dollar like an episode. A Friends episode. <laughs> the one where you pay us money. <laughs> that's what every episode was called to yeah. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. <laughs> the one where you pay me money. The one where I make so much money. <laughs> the one where I never have to work again, but somehow I keep pushing myself and put out really good content while everyone else doesn't. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> um, so uh, you can, all we're asking though for is $3 a month, which is less than a dollar an episode. And for that, you can listen to the show ad free. And, you know, if we get enough people doing that, maybe we'll, we'll put, we'll put that episode out sooner and you can beat all the people who are listening via the other platforms. Isn't that cool? You're ahead of the yeah. game. You spend less time listening. And uh, yeah. you, 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 by the time you're finished listening, by the time everyone else gets the episode, you're doing other stuff. You're already done. You're changing the world. You're, you're already quoting it to your friends. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, even if you don't want to support the show, that is something you can do that is free is tell people about the show. Tell your friends about it. Uh, yep. Tell your coworkers if you want to break that uh, breach, that that uh, that that social line there. Um, tell your parents about it. Sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? And then tell yourself about it. Just tell yourself every day, like, don't forget. I like this show. <laughs> <laughs> Like um, Travis Bickle in the mirror. <laughs> you talking to me? You talking to me? Yeah. I should listen to this show. Who, who's there's, talking to me? There's no one else here. <laughs> um, and then the last thing you can do is write those. Apparently, I always hear people saying, write us a review on like iTunes and stuff. And I'm like, oh, they don't have to do that. But it actually does help other people find the show. So if you do like the yeah, show, yeah. leave a review. You can give me one. Don't give us one star. But if you think like, uh, it's not going to be a good one, that's full. That's that's fine. Just be honest. I, cool. I, I'll write the, rev- the review for you right now. Yeah. All you have to do is just write this. Yep. It's cool, man. Yeah. Just write those three words. There it's cool, man. That's There's it. your review. That's all we need. That's it. But we prefer Patreon. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. All right. So do, do the review and the Patreon. There we go. There's all that. Okay. So uh, let's get right into the uh, shows tonight. Dustin, what have you been watching that you would like to bring to the listener's attention? So I watched Young Justice Outsiders. This is Cat Grant reporting live for GBS from the Markovian Royal Palace. Meta-human trafficking is an international scourge. Children and teens are being abducted. The way our daughter was. We have confirmation. On multiple worlds, Earth's metahumans are being deployed by the enemy as weapons of mass destruction. Oh, yeah. Intel was on the money, Oracle. It's definitely another metahuman trafficking lab. Which just recently dropped on HBO Max. So for those of you who do not know, a quick little backstory of Young Justice. Young Justice actually originally premiered in 2010 on Cartoon Network. It is a kid's show. It's an animated series about a team of young superheroes. Um, At the time, it was sort of the antithesis of Teen Titans Go, which was, you know, this poppy chewing gum of a show. And... Young Justice was a sort of more serious, edgier take on these young heroes. The show lasted two seasons. Uh, Both were pretty well-reviewed. 
but um, as well-reviewed things often are, it was canceled. And uh, and so with Cartoon Network, you never really know why. Maybe it was low toy sales. Eh, that's probably what it is. And it was canceled, and it l- was dead for quite a while. And then DC Universe Online, um, is that what it's called? DC Universe, I think? Yeah, I don't even know. So, I think it's just DC on. DC, whatever it is. Shit, I don't know. The, the DC <laughs> streaming service was launching back whenever it was launching. Right. And, um, and so they, they build a couple of shows as being like their, this is our original content. One of them was Titans. Um, and then one of them was Young Justice, which is kind of the same thing. And uh, they decided to bring Young Justice back for a new season. And um, and so this season is called Young Justice Outsiders. And because it's streaming, it uh, sort of foregoes the the typical Cartoon Network rules of no blood and no guns and uh, and is able to be a little bit a little bit more adult. Sweet. Um, yeah. So it's it's. Um, so that that's that's the basic backstory, and of course, ten years had passed since the first season had aired. So you kind of figure that, like, if a ten-year-old watched the original se- uh, series, uh, he's probably you know eighteen to twenty at this point. And so, um, anyway, when DC Universe or whatever it's called, um, orig- when it, whenever it officially buckled and and died, which was just recently, um, <laughs> they moved all of those all of those shows over to HBO Max, which I think is where the, where they will live moving forward. There is another se- uh, season of Young Justice coming out, so it'll all be on HBO Max. And I think this DC thing is dead, or maybe it's just going to be for comics now or something. So, yeah. um, but. Um, so the story of Young Justice, um, Young Justice Outsiders builds on the first two seasons, like I said, by sort of doubling down on a serialized plot. It allows its characters to mature and it leaves each episode on a note that's sort of tailor made for binge watching as you do on streaming. The plot is really super convoluted for a kid's show, um, but I'm not actually even sure this is a kid's show anymore. So I'm going to just try to blaze through this. So stick with me. I'm going to say a lot of names here. All right, you ready? Here we go. Uh, So the plot picks up two years after the previous season, building on the storyline that now the metagene has been exposed to the world. um, So metahuman trafficking is at its peak. Traffickers are kidnapping young kids, activating their metagenes, and using them as weapons of mass destruction in a war that spans the cosmos. In the first episode, Ooh. we see a right. We see a young girl transformed into a lava monster and then deployed into a space battle against the Justice League. Ooh. So the inciting incident here comes when Black Lightning Jefferson Pierce shoots a jolt of electricity at a at this lava monster and kills it. And he does not understand at that moment that this is a little human Earth girl that he has murdered. Um, So she dies. Um, And so with the death of this girl, the world has to change. So we jump a few months in advance and we see a now PTSD plagued Black Lightning quitting the Justice League, um, which begins a giant fracturing of the team. Nightwing is the leader of the Justice League's covert ops unit, which contains Static Shock, Blue Beetle, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, Miss Martian, Superboy. He recruits Jefferson Pierce to help with a mission that could potentially end metahuman trafficking. Their quest leads them to a fictional uh, 
country called Markovia, where they meet Prince Brion, who joins the team as Geoforce and a young, resurrected, from the dead Muslim girl named Violet. Eventually, the team finds themselves neck deep in political strife, which features Lex Luthor as a very obvious Donald Trump analog, galactic <laughs> warfare between Darkseid and Vandal Savage, <laughs> the origins of Victor Stone as cyborg and the formation of a new team called the Outsiders, which is where the title comes from, which is led by Beast Boy. Um, this team utilizes superheroes without secret identities as social media advocates to inspire and incite change in a way that the Justice League and the Covert Ops team can't. So it's complicated. Yeah. Um, this is for showing. This complicated plot is for children? I I think probably not. Wow. The show's dark. It's mature. It's, like I said, there's blood. There's gore, including one of the more stomach-churning things I've ever seen in animation. Um, and there like are a live birth or something? <laughs> <laughs> no. It, so... It, it is. It's when Victor Stone becomes cyborg. Oh uh, no! There's there's an explosion in the lab, right? And the the thing breaks apart, oh. and um, and so you see his dad Silas like wake up, and he's like running over. Vic, 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 are you okay? And they're like moving rubble and stuff, and you just see like Victor Stone, and he's like looking at his dad, and he's like dad, and he's crying, and it, you can literally see like his heart underneath his open rib cage and oh. like his face is blown off like oh. he has like half a face like like Gus Fring and uh oh. and and he's like he's like missing limbs and he's just like a bloody mess oh. um it's it and then but just him turning and saying dad with tears in his eyes and I'm like all right yeah I mean honestly you you ain't you ain't going to be talking right now but <laughs> but like you need to stop that <laughs> but but uh but it, it's 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 rough so Jeez. but there are consequences to their actions there's profanity there's implied sex and there's death um so no not for kids wow um so ultimately the plot is like planned out in super great detail by writers that know the dc universe inside and out um it's very like cleverly and meticulously revealed but it never is drowned out by the cast of characters which for this review i decided to count the characters that are like kind of pivotal to the plot like not like extra characters uh like supporting characters and and i stopped when i hit 50 and i was just like okay there's a lot of characters here God, i was gonna say it sounds like all those plot lines yeah there it's a ton of plot lines wow. and um and yeah i mean the thing is it's a ton of plot lines and, and it can feel a little bit um cramped at times but it's like 26 episodes this season it is it's a huge season and and it never really feels like anything's underdeveloped but it also never feels like anything's padded out too much either so it, it it's really well paced i thought and and the way that the mysteries like so i mentioned um violet who's this resurrected from the dead muslim girl she um is like the whole thing is like what is her deal like how did she raise from the dead and why does she have these powers and she doesn't really remember much from before she died the first time and and all of this stuff and so like this mystery gets gets kind of uh it gets discovered as the se as the season progresses, but it never feels like it's happening too fast or too slow. It, it's really kind of perfectly paced. Um, 
And so, so I really enjoyed it. I, it's a weird show. It, it's so strange because with Young Justice, I really love it as a DC fan because it touches on so many things. Like you have things in here, like super deep cuts, like Infinity Inc. and super deep cuts that like people just don't know. And, and it kind of like foregoes the, 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 the mainstream stuff like, okay, Teen Titans, right? It's only now that we have Cyborg and Beast Boy. So, but we still don't have Starfire and we still don't have Raven and we still don't have like a lot of the big pieces of, of DC comics. So they're really focusing like the, on the smaller characters that you never heard of, like Geoforce, mm-hmm. like nobody knows who Geoforce is. Um, and so the idea that they can focus on these characters and reinvent them because I, you don't know who they are. Like even me, it's like, I know, I kind of know who he is, but I don't know him. Um, like I couldn't have told you his, his real name. And, uh, I don't know much about his powers. So, um, they're able to kind of do whatever they want. For, For instance, there's a character in here called Forager. And, and I know he's traditionally, he's an alien, but he's traditionally like humanoid. And in this, they kind of make him look like a bug. And so, um, you can kind of reinvent characters in that way because, you know, no one, no one's out there going like my favorite character is Forager. Um, you can kind of just do whatever you want. And, um, and so I really love that they're able to reinvent characters, but they also don't reinvent them just to reinvent them. Um, which is great because you have, it feels like, legacy right because you have like nightwing is nightwing batgirl is batgirl like it just is what it is supposed to be and what you think it should be um and and then the things that you don't have an attachment to they kind of tweak a little bit and and i think that's a really smart way to go about it so um yeah there's a lot of really cool stuff i i told my wife there's there's a moment in here um you know she was gracious enough to let me ramble about this a little bit and um and there, there's a moment in here there's a character named artemis who kind of becomes the heart of the show as it progresses and um she starts as a as a sidekick to green arrow and she starts a little um romance with wally west who eventually ends up dying and so and so you have and like it sticks right like it's a death and and so uh you have and and this is in the earlier seasons but but so in this season she finally kind of grapples with what it means to lose somebody that you thought you were going to marry and spend the rest of your life with and and like there's a whole episode that's dedicated to her grieving like it's mm. not about like a giant battle it's about right. a character grieving the death of someone that was close to her and and so in that way this is really not what you'd expect from typical superhero fare but it has plenty of that stuff too um so the the it's not perfect it isn't perfect it, it's but but it's it's really darn good and, and it certainly doesn't hit the heights of like batman the animated series in terms of like style and and animation quality but but it's really good and um and if there's one thing i'd have to kind of uh rate it negatively for it's the voice work um and and it's not the voice actors themselves it's that they don't have a large enough cast so you have people like kari payton i love kari payton the guy can do no wrong um but kari payton voices about like 15 characters in this show and and it is so he voices Victor Stone's dad. Yeah. He voices Aqualad, or he's Aquaman now. Um, he voices um, 
uh, Jefferson Pierce. He voices so many different characters. It's like, oh, we have an African American character. It's Kari, right. and so <laughs> and, and except for except for Cyborg, we can't let him be Cyborg because he was already Cyborg in Teen Titans. So we'll make him somebody else. Um, and so, um, but but. And then like Grey Delisle is in this. She plays like every character, and and you know there's just like the, those actors and actresses who who have a great range, but my ear can pick up on them. Like oh, that's Kari Payton again, right? Or you know what I mean? Um, and so it's not a bad thing, but it is a little distracting to me because I know those actors, and and also at a point like. You have so many characters, you kind of, I feel like you should just hire new actors rather than keep getting the same uh, actors to play new characters with sizable roles. I hope they so, paid them, you know, consummately. They must have. They must have. Um, but uh, but anyway, I mean, look, again, not perfect. The animation quality is um sometimes really great sometimes so so um and and the character design is designed by a guy named phil barousa um and phil barousa started um started his career really well and then and then for some reason started exaggerating his anatomy to a point where it kind of feels just wonky now. Um, and so, so I really like Phil Barouse's art, but I feel like somebody needs to tell him just to like chill a little bit because like he, he's going overboard, I think. And so there's a few, a few characters here and there that look off. Um, and, and it's just because their anatomy is weird or their proportions are strange. And, and again, it's not that Phil Barouse is not a good artist. It's just that, um, he, I think he was given free reign here and, and, and maybe that's a detriment. Um, the show is created by Greg Wiseman and Brandon Vietti, who you would know from Gargoyles or from The Spectacular Spider-Man. Both great shows, yeah. both canceled far be- before they were ready to be canceled. Um, so I feel uh, I feel good for them knowing that they're finally getting to do a show for as long as they've always wanted to. Yeah. Um, so going into uh, the next season, which will be called Young Justice Phantoms, um, I, I don't know anything about it other than the title was revealed at DC Fandom. I'm excited for it. Um, would I recommend this? If you're a DC fan, yeah, it's a must watch. There's too much in here that you're going to love to not watch it. Um, if you are a casual fan, I think it's worth dipping your toe in the water. Like start with season one, understand that it's a little bit of a kid's show at that point and, and, and let it grow with you. And I think you'll enjoy it. But you know what? If you get a couple episodes in and it's not for you, it's not for you. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and, and if you were thinking like, Hey, maybe I can just jump into season three fresh no it's too serialized for that you really have to watch it from the beginning so um so you i think you'd really get um a good experience if you binge watch from season one all the way through three it's gonna take you a little while because it's a lot of episodes um but uh, they are all on hbo max so young justice outsiders i give four out of five stars um i kind of review these uh just because they're they're all like self-contained individual stories um as evidenced by the the subtitle um, changing every year. It's almost like a new show every year. So um, so anyway, yeah, Young Justice Outsiders, give it a shot. Absolutely. Yeah, man. <clears throat> All right, we got time for uh, one more. So I'm going to tell people about uh, the latest new thing. Um, Do it. 
So this, you're gonna have to tell me about this too, because I have no idea what this is. This is on Netflix. Uh, which, by the way, when we were about to finish the, the series the other day, you know, it's number six on Netflix right now. I know. Is you, it really? I, no, no. You know what is? This is higher. Oh no. No. Um, okay. What is? It was weird because we were talking about. I was talking about this book I was reading, and the particular chapter is about crises. Crises. And uh, the impossible is number six. That movie uh, about the the uh, tsunami. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and oh cool. Yeah, and I was telling my wife, I was like. We should watch that. That was a good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, the 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 series, the mini series, limited series, I want to tell everybody about it, is the Queen's Gambit. Men are gonna come along and want to teach you things. Doesn't make them any smarter. You just let them blow by, and you go on ahead and do just what and how you feel like. Someday you're going to be all alone. So you need to figure out how to take care of yourself. Tell the readers of life how it feels to be a girl among all those men. Uh, So it is a limited series on Netflix um, based on a novel by Walter Tevis um, starring Anya Taylor-Joy. And it was created by Scott Frank and Alan Scott. Scott Frank, you would know as the co-writer of uh, co-writer, screenwriter of Logan. So uh, twice Academy Award nominated uh, screenwriter Scott Frank, also the creator and showrunner of Godless on Netflix, another limited series. Mm. Uh, with uh, I believe that was with um, oh Jeff Daniels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard that was good as well. I've not checked that out. Um, but Scott Frank directs Did- all these episodes as well. Did you say Alan Scott, by the way? Alan Scott, A-L-L-A-N. Oh, okay. Well, it's spelled differently, but there's a there's a nice segue because Alan Scott was the name of the first Green Lantern. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, not the same guy. This guy is Scottish. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> that would be hilarious, though. <laughs> a lot of bagpipes, I imagine. <laughs> he conjured up. He just, his, his construct is just bagpipes every time. <laughs> Just stop! I'll, no, you can send me to the to the the, the, the little mirror dimension triangle thing. Just, just stop. Um, yeah. So Scott Frank directs all seven of these episodes, and they're all about you know an hour-ish long, fifty minutes. You know, the the, the normal uh, untethered length. Um, this is about. This takes place in the late fifties, early sixties. This is a story of a an orphan chess prodigy named Beth Harmon, played by Anya Taylor Joy, and her uh, journey to becoming a uh, world champion chess player, and along the way dealing with a lot of emotional and fallout. With her, uh, she's a she's a orphan, so her parents have have been killed, and um, uh. You know, or so, you know, one of them had whatever. Um, uh, parents are gone, and um, she also grows up struggling with um, substance abuse, like pills right. and alcohol. Um, and uh, yeah, isn't adopted by the greatest family, but is extremely gifted at chess and is mentored to hone her skills in chess as a child where it is sort of revealed how good she is at it. And then, so of course, upon leaving the orphanage, she continues it, starts competing, starts making money, um, starts, uh, you know, 
you know, running into the pitfalls of like, oh, you know, like being an intuitive player who's unpolished in her actual technique, read some books and then encounter some obstacles and then, you know, both in her game and in her emotional life and her family life. And, um, and it's just, just excellent. Uh, I think I'd give this four and a half probably, or, you know, sweet. Um, yeah, it's my, my wife recommended this to me. She said she thought I'd like it. She uh, was off work a sometime last week for an entire day she watched the entire thing one day oh snap um, yeah she's been just watched it it's been her whole day off like i'm gonna yeah. watch this awesome liked it so much wanted me to see it so uh so we spent a few nights watching it and uh and i finished it last night and um nice. yeah it's it's good um i would recommend it to anybody um it's incredibly well shot uh who's the director of photography here steven meisler um yeah, I don't know, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just a it's just a good the the, the performance. Anya Taylor Joy is really good in the lead role here. You've got um, appearances also, well, appearances uh, the, also in the cast. We've got um, Bill Camp as the custodian who teaches her how to play. Um, you've got some actors maybe you don't know the names of, but you've seen before, including what's his face. Um, uh, Tom, no, well, I don't know. Where is he? Well, you've got, damn it, where are all these people? Um, <laughs> Thomas Brody Sangster, Sangster which oh, is, Ferb. yeah, I was going to say, is that guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, but he's in here as another uh, one for chess player contemporaries. Um, you've got Harry Melling. Do you know who that is? Uh, no. That is Dudley Dursley. Oh, Dudley Dursley. Oh yeah. He's in here. Yeah. Um, uh, of course they're all playing Americans. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a few people in here. I just, that you wouldn't recognize by their, their name, but maybe by their face, um, sure. including Anya Taylor joy herself. Like you may have heard her name is like, Oh, like she's, you know, this up and coming really great. Um, but you would have seen her from the witch or split or glass, uh, or Emma, mm-hmm. she's done a lot lately, and she's really God. This is another. I don't know. Yeah, sorry, I just had a thought, but um, she's she she's she's a very uh, distinct looking actress, and um, and she's great in this role. Um, she has a whole lot of nonverbal moments as the character. She's just she really plays as this super uh, dialed in. Uh, prodigy uh, who mm. is at times really curious and at times extremely bored with what's happening around her. You know, smart people tend to get bored quickly and she's, you know, kind of self-destructive, but she's very meticulous, very studious mm. um, and uh, very inquisitive, um, but not like not never precocious, never like, well, I'm just going to beat everybody in jazz. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's, yeah. it's even the, even the child actors that play her, their names are, uh, Isla Johnston and Annabeth Kelly play, play Beth at different ages. And even those two actors, all three of them portraying Beth are, there's a lot of consistency in the portrayal. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, I liked that, um, yeah, I don't have much else to say about it. I mean, like it's it's slow. I mean, like I don't get a lot of sleep, so there were times where it's like, okay, I need to go to bed. Like this, there's, no, but but it's not shoving events at you. It's just it unfolds at a nice, comfortable pace. Uh, I think it's it, I think it is well paced. I'm not I'm not at the proper bell curve for pace right now with my schedule. Um, um, but uh, uh, 
It's great. And you could watch it in a whole weekend. If you could binge it and watch it in a whole weekend, split it up between Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, and it's good, but you can, you could do one a week, do that too. No big deal. Um, yeah, but yeah, I recommend it for sure. Um, I, uh, I think it's great. And I think they did a great job. And I think Scott Frank, um, don't know what his career ambitions are, but if he wants to keep creating and, and, and shepherding a limited series on streaming, I'll be around, you know? Yeah. He, uh, he knows what he's doing for sure. Sweet. Uh, and there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of awards talk for Anya Taylor joy for this, for this series. I think, mm. uh, James Mangold who, you know, d- 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 wrote some on Logan, directed Logan, um, mm. went on Twitter and was like, by the way, if no one's been, if you know, if you're looking for a show, you should check out my collaborator Scott's show. It's it's fantastic. James Gunn retweeted that and was like, I watched it. It's it's terrific. So I was already like, hmm. I, okay. I, I didn't know anything about the show until we had started doing it. And then two episodes yeah. in, I'm scrolling Twitter and everyone everyone on there is like, it's talking. Hey, about it's it. amazing. It's like wow. Hmm. It's like trending. There's articles about why it's so good and why everyone should watch it. Like whoa. Yeah. So you know, I mean, you know, temper your expectations. It, it does. It's not. It may not be the most mind blowing thing you've ever watched. It's just. It's just nice. It's digestible. It's not. A, it's not sure. a big commitment. There's no second season that's coming. It's just. Look, it's it's seven hours of your life, and uh, I think it's seven seven hours well spent. Um, nice. So uh, yeah, I recommend the Queen's Gambit. Sweet. Um, for sure. Full stop. Hey, did you know Anya Taylor Joy is gonna play Furiosa? Yes, I did. I did. I learned that oh, like yesterday. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd watch her do anything at this point because, like, you you watch sure. her in Split, and you're like, all right, she's clearly like a better actor than like I, I, I like Split. Than just the material. Well, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, that it is what I was, that is what I was going to say. Yeah. I, Split, I like just fine. It's a solid yeah, yeah. movie, but you look at her in there and you go, she's ext- she's overqualified for this role, which yeah, doesn't yeah, require yeah. that much. Yeah, but you think like, oh, well, you know, she'll when she, you know, as she ages, she'll get more mature roles, and this is one of those mature roles, and yeah. she's just really good in it. Like she's yep. she she's able to convey this innocence, but the, but also this this jaded, like I said, boredom. Um, she's mm. just she's smart, and you know, uh, it's it's hard to portray that in a character sometimes without sound looking like a cartoon. Sure, you know, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. See, I, I I had heard of this show. Like I had heard people, I don't know, talk about it or headlines or whatever. Yeah. And then and then you said you were watching it, and I and I, so I like three separate occasions I googled the trailer. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, no, no, I'm just gonna wait. I'll let him tell me about it. So I I knew nothing going into this review. Um, all I knew is that it starred her, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. That's going to be it. That's the whole movie hour this week, everybody. Um, Sweet. We'll talk. I think we are going to talk about The Invisible Man next week. Okay. Got the Blu-ray right in front of me. I'm staring at it. And uh, I, I was I brought it home. I was like, hey, let's watch The Invisible Man tonight. My wife was like, I don't want to watch a scary movie. And I was like, oh, that throws off like, yeah. when, when am I going to watch this? <laughs> so, right, right, right. Um, sometime this week is the answer. Yeah. It's really more of an action movie. That's why I told her. I was like, it's not. Yeah. I was like, the, protag- the antagonist is invisible. There's no, there's no right. like... And for her, it's like, no, I don't want to get like my heart rate up before bed. Sure, I was sure. like, I guess so. So yeah, I, like, All right, well, I guess I'll just watch this by myself. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, okay, cool. All right. That's it. That's the show. Everybody. Yay. Thanks for listening. Be back next week. Have a good one. Have a good one. Woo. Or don't, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care I'm what you do. I do care. I'm not, I'm not tethered to, to your experience. I do care. I want you to have a good one. Yeah.